Hey, it's Janice. The following episode contains some sensitive subjects and topics, so please take care when listening. Okay, cool. I'm done. Finally. <laughs> oh my God, she's such a busy girl. Yes, I am. It's just work, work, work with Izzy. Now she's got to drink a bunch of water because she just ran a marathon. She just, I was hydrating. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, all that preparing, texting. Preparing for this. <laughs> it's actually not just work, work, work with me. That's a lie. It is a lot of work, work, work with me. I think you're pretty fun. You're pretty, like, laid back. I think there's a good – I think there's a pretty good percentage, like, division of percentage between, you know. Like, I think my ratio of work and fun is fine. Like if you, know. if you were to draw an outline of yourself and then fill it in with mm-hmm. fun color and work color, mm-hmm. you feel like it's pretty 50-50 or do you feel like... Mm. I feel like, like right now it's a 60-40. Okay. I would like it to be 50-50. That's not too bad though. The goal in life is to work enough so that eventually it's, you know, like 90-10. <laughs> Ideal. <laughs> hundred percent fun. hundred percent fun. I just want fun. a whole pie of fun. I want the whole thing. Not even a single slice. Not, not even a, a single slice. sliver goes to work. Sliver. But then watch me. If I had the whole pie, I'd be like, it's too much. I need to work <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> too much sweetness. I can't. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, this is Izzy. Izzy, Izzy is, uh, I felt like that was going to go straight into like a kid's rhyme. What is it like? Izzy is a friend of mine, something, something, something that rhymes. Izzy does sound like a name that would be great to use in a kid's rhyme song. Izzy is a friend of mine. She it's is easy. a I don't know. <laughs> is that not a kid's No, rhyme? I think you're dreaming of kid's rhymes with the name Izzy, but I think, I think there's right. no such thing out there. <laughs> but, you know. I want there to be. Possibilities. I want there to be. <laughs> possibilities. Can someone please. Please. Create a kid's rhyme. A kid's nursery rhyme. Nursery With Izzy. Rhyme. Honestly, I should do it. You know, the name is actually Isabella. I'm so and sorry. I've, <laughs> to my dismay, my real name is actually Isabella. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I've been deceiving everyone up until this point. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Love the name. Um, Izzy, definitely nickname. But I've thought about this. You bring this up. But when I have kids, I could play around with the whole... Isabella, Isabel, Izzy situation. So, like, like, I could be Izzy, and then I could technically name my daughter, if I have a daughter, after myself, and call her something else, call you know? Her Bella. Well, that used to be my name at one point. That's so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot, like... Isn't that weird? The thought of you being Bella. Yeah. Up to the age, I would say, up to the age nauseous. of... I think up to when I moved to New York, which was the age of 20... Yeah, because it was guacamole. when I met my one of my best friends, my best friend Jordan in New York. She's the Shout one. Shout out to Jordan. Shout out to Jordan. <laughs> but she started calling me Izzy, and it caught on. And since, that, since then, it's been Izzy. I'm so glad she did that because yeah. the thought of you being Bella it truly makes me a little bit sick. I don't know yeah. why, but it bothers me. I just it doesn't. I can't. I have an old boss who they called me. It was the first family I worked for in New York City, and they called me Bella. 
And once in a while, she'll still stay in touch. But So when she'll say hi, she'll be like, hi, Bella. Mm. And it just throws me off now because that's I'm not knowing you anymore. I cannot. Oh, my gosh. I have I, been many people. <laughs> I've actually lived so many lives. You I have lived no idea. so many lives. It's just not edgy enough for you. It's very like, I live in Washington State. I accidentally fell in love with a vampire. I can't help myself, but there's also this wolf. I must say, I was a Bella before before Bella. Bella. <laughs> so damn straight. <laughs> I was definitely Bella before Bella came through okay, with good. Twilight. Definitely. Good. Plus, she is Isabel, I think. Or is she Isabella? Listen, I'm not invested enough in the Twilight series to know the answer to that, mm-hmm. but... It's okay, not I'm sure important. sure someone does. <laughs> but if you had met me when I was called Bella, you'd be like, okay, I get it. Mm. But I think once I was called Izzy, that, that was when my time in New York started. Is that, that was a new person. Is that when you started getting tattoos? Because you were like, I'm actually hardcore. And it's you- when I started getting the good tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what are the bad ones? It's a, I got my first. It was I got my first cover up during the Izzy era. Wait, I don't know. I didn't know you had a cover up. I do. Yes. So I my first tattoo ever actually was nineteen. I was called Bella. And mm-hmm. actually, I was in Florida at the time. It was just called Isabella. There was no just a full name. Just full name. Like we don't nickname this. We don't nickname this. I was in high school, still living with my parents. Uh-huh. My mom is gonna call me. By the name she gave me, of you course. know. So she's gotta get her money's worth. <laughs> she's gotta get her money's worth. <laughs> so, <laughs> would that upset you, by the way, if you gave your child a name and then somebody came up with a nickname, and that's what your child is known by for the rest of their lives? If it was like, <laughs> I just made myself laugh with yeah. my own with my own thought. I was like, if it's something like cranky pat i'd be like yeah you know it's just that's not her name like that's just not it but like i mean if it's something cute i mean i i have nicknames like sunny i call sunny okay i mean i we'll get back to your story in a second but this no. is a story in itself that deserves no, the, full, the yes. full thing sunny you don't think that's nicknameable but it's become like for me, extremely nicknameable, mm-hmm. and then it's progressed as like in true Australian fashion. Even though I'm not Australian, oh. I'm mm-hmm. highly connected to Australians. Um, in true Australian fashion, it's morphed. So it was like Sunny was like Sunny Bunny, and then it was like Sunbun, Sunbun, and Love then it sunbun. was like Sunbun Fun, and then sunbun I would call fun. her fun in the sun. Sunbun of Run. <laughs> like fun it made in the no sun. sense. Fun in the sun, fun in the sun, and then I started saying I'd say Sunbun, and then I started saying Soon Boon, <laughs> which then just became Boon, which now I just call her Boonie, and I <laughs> so I still just call her Boonie all Aww. the time. I'll just say Boon Boonie. So I'd be like, Come on, Boon, let's go. Cute. And it's actually really cute. It's a cute nickname. Mm-hmm. Which, funny enough, I found out after I started doing that that my husband was like that was my nickname as a little kid. How? Because Daniel Boone. No His name way. is Daniel. So they, it, one of his uncles called him Boone because mm-hmm. it was like Daniel Boone. Boone to Boone. And That's so cute. 
it was like just funny. So Sunny walked down the stairs yesterday and then announced, Boonie's here. Stop <laughs> and I was it. Like, oh my gosh, she likes the nickname. That's so cute. I mean, it is a cute. It's cute. It is a very cute name, but also, honestly, I think it's a really cool nickname when she's older too, Boonie. Boonie. Boonie? It's oh, cute. Oh, I love that. It's, it's really a good cute. One. And Sunny, I can see it. Badass. I can see it. Oh, yeah. Future. Oh, and then it's Boonie. Oh, she's like, I love Boonie. it. And then we're like, is that your real name? She's like, no, no it's Sunny. It's Sunny. Even better. <laughs> Even better. So into it. Anyway, so back to you. Yes. Isabella. Isabella. In Florida. In Florida. Had a tattoo that needed oh, the to be tattoos. covered up. Did you? Well, yeah. The fir- Well, the first tattoo in Florida was actually, it's one I have in the back. Like have it in the back of my neck. You can't. Really, you won't see mm-hmm. it unless I put my hair up. But I don't know if I've I, ever seen it. I didn't. You, you know what? It's. I think that's good because as the first tattoo, I you know, I was yep. like, didn't know what. It, actually, I knew what I wanted, but mainly I needed to get something that my parents would allow me to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember now if my parents paid for it or not. They most likely did. Who knows? Wow. Pretty good for conservative parents. Actually, I can't remember if they did or not. Oh, but once I tell you what the tattoo is, you'll understand why they paid for it. Oh, it's so Christian, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jesus in Hebrew. Oh, yep. There the it is. I mean, it's, it's what it is. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's obviously, I don't know why I'm laughing. No, the, re, the reason why I'm laughing is because I remember showing it to... My boss, my first boss in New York, and she comes from a Jewish family. And I just remember, like, her reaction when I showed it to her. And it wasn't even I was showing it to her. She just saw it because my hair was up. But now that I look back, I go, okay, I know why she would think that is weird. Because (laughs) it's like, no, I wrote his name in, like, Hebrew (laughs) in the back of my neck. So it kind of, you know. But I mean... Yeah, I'm good. I'll I'll show it it to you later. Yeah. I love it. But it was like, I wanted to get a tattoo. I wanted to get something that was like meaningful. And I wanted to do, it had to be something that my parents would be okay with. Yeah. And I got it. And that was that. And then every tattoo from then on that I got, I was not living at home anymore. And I, I do this joke that for every tattoo, it's like three days without speaking with my mother. (laughs) So like, I feel like I accumulated days, but the next tattoo, which was the cover-up that okay. I did, yeah. was I did five birds on my arm, and it was each bird was for a member of my family. Okay. And it wasn't anything bad. It was just, like, five cute birds. But then after doing it, a few, I think it was, like, a few years later, I remember being, like, Every single white girl has this tattoo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can see that yes. tattoo in I was, my head. Yep, and it was like I even. Seen it. I was like, every girl has this tattoo. What was I thinking? So I was like, I have to cover it up. So I went to with a giant knife, a, a, a dagger, stabbing a, dagger. a rose. I will say, for the rest of my tattoos, I got them all in places in Brooklyn, in New York, and they oh. were all great tattoo artists. Yes. They're very um, cool. They're, oh, I'm actually really thankful because tattoos can go wrong. Oh, but yeah. I got this rose. Once I got this rose that was very traditional, I was like, oh, I'm getting all traditional pieces. Yeah. But the guy who did this rose, oh, I've 
so attracted to him spit in his face while talking. <gasps> you didn't. <laughs> to the point that he, he wiped his face with a paper towel after Janice. Oh, it was so... No. But look how beautiful this rose <laughs> Worth is. it. <laughs> and then this was the cover-up. Yeah. For, which is a dagger cro- like through a rose. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing about this is that I told... I came in and told the tattoo artist, I just want to cover this up. And I thought maybe a dagger through a rose. And he just drew this and wow. covered it up. And then it's beautiful. I can't remember when I got this one done, but I have this little one. Now I'm just showing you all my tattoos because I'm thinking of the story. To people who can't see them. To people who can't see them, I know. Sorry. You have to sit here and perfectly describe exactly what it's not even the tattoos that matter. What's funny to me is the stories like I spit on this guy's face. (laughs) Like this guy, I just told him what I wanted and he drew it. Um, I can't, this guy was like, I just want to, I love mom tattoo, but like, yeah. I also want dad. So yeah. he, it's like a mom and dad. Equal. I love mom and yeah, dad tattoo. I love that. But my favorite thing is I came back to the same shop that I had gotten one of these tattoos to get another. And they asked me who did that. I think it was this one right here. Who did it? And I said the name of the guy. And turns out the guy, whoever did it was like, super good and was now in like Denmark or Copenhagen or whatever. I can't remember doing tattoos. But kid you not, these tattoo artists passed me around the parlor (laughs) showing up this tattoo. All that to say, I've had pretty like good luck with the rest of them. You've had good luck. I started at started wrong Jesus you know what well you can't start wrong with Jesus no you can't start wrong with Jesus I actually I really like Jesus I I like Jesus this is not a not a hit on Jesus but hilarious when your first tattoo is super religious as as was my cover-up so that's funny my cover-up was uh the Japanese symbol for prayer not because I have any attachment to Japanese culture or language, and not because prayer was super important to me, but because when I went to the tattoo shop to pick out a tattoo from the wall of options that you could pick (laughs) out, because I picked a real winner of a place um, in a town of 3,000 people where I lived, so that made sense. Um, The one I picked out said God, but they found out that it didn't say God in Japanese. So they were like, yeah, after we like put that up there, someone was like, I don't think that says God. (laughs) So they're like, you don't want to pick that one. So I was like, how about the prayer one? They're like, yeah, we're pretty sure that says prayer. And I was like, good enough. Good enough for me. And I got it on me. And then I found out later on, it does say prayer. You love that. Uh, And then I decided to get that. I think covered up. (laughs) You know what it was? It was this is my first tattoo. What is something that I will get that I won't regret later on? Oh, I was like, this is forever. This is forever. My commitment to Jesus is still there. Still there. So there's that. So like the tattoo is actually legit. It's a win. win. (laughs) It's on brand because the commitment to (gasps) Jesus is still there. So. I also have Hebrew. I have Hebrew on my back. It's also like a beautiful written language. It's beautiful. Like I would much rather write it out like that. Well, because written out in English, it's not as beautiful, not even close. It's not the same. I do know multiple people with Hebrew words on themselves, which is kind of funny when you think about it. 
when you're like. Which forgive me. When, I think when I told you the tattoo, I said yeah. Jesus in Jewish. Did you? Oh, no. I think so. oh, I hope you Which did. For, I hope you did. And I didn't, me. It was Jesus in Hebrew. And I didn't notice. So that's what's the worst part because we're not Jewish. So it's funny to be using Hebrew so flippantly, isn't it? Hey, people <laughs> ask me if I speak Brazilian all the time. Oh, my God. I'm from Brazil, but I speak Portuguese. Yep. So, yep. It happens. It does. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a story. Tell me a story. I'm going to tell you a real fun story. You might have actually been a part of this conversation three years ago, um, but you were, I feel like you were on the cusp of, at that time, you were like on the cusp of like, hang on a second what do we believe in here? Like you were just starting to like question things. Oh, I remember this clearly because we had been watching The Vow Mm. and you were like, am I part of a cult? And I was like, no, Um, (laughs) it can be (laughs) cult-ish, but no, because sometimes church can be cultish across the board, all all churches. So that's like, you were like right at the beginning of like questioning. And for me, this was sort of like the second phase of my journey. And so I brought up this thing. I talked through it. I actually processed a lot of this like with my therapist, which has been so nice because she has a like psychology perspective, which is really, really helpful. So saying all of that, now I will tell you the story that I've already told you, but I'm going to tell you again. So exciting. So... I started off my journey, as I talked about in a different episode, with prayer and kind of like deconstructing some of that and kind of figuring out what prayer actually means, why it doesn't work most of the time, what is prayer actually for, like what what are we doing if it's not effective, like why are we doing this? And then I started reading some articles. Um, I had gotten like interested in just like where do some of our traditional like faith values come from? Like where does, where do some of these concepts come from? I read a book on um, morality that's from a evolutionary biologist. It was so interesting to read from that perspective of like where, where did human morals start to develop at like what point and why? What do they help us with? And he's an atheist, so it's from that point of view of just pure biology, pure science, And that was really, really insightful. Mm -hmm. But then it also opened up all these questions of like, well, why why do we talk about sin so much? Like, where does that come from? Like, why do we we focus on that? And I've asked that question actually for a long time because my understanding of, um, which it's different now, but at the time, my understanding of Jesus dying on the cross, that whole atonement theory was to like take care of sin. So like there's no sin left anymore. So like why are we talking about it all the time? Like it's still an issue Mm -hmm. if Jesus dealt with it. Shouldn't we just kind of be like, thank goodness he dealt with it and like move on. It's definitely not how I believe now when it comes to Jesus and um, who he was and all of that. That'll be for a different episode. But I've always wondered why we focus so much on sin if... 
it was supposedly taken care of. So then I got into just reading from early church um, leaders, like why they felt sin was a problem or what, what they thought about sin. That led me to inherent sinfulness. So inherent sinfulness is the belief that we are born sinful. So even if you lived a perfect life, you would still go to hell if you believe in hell. You would still go to hell Mm. because you're born into sin. You are born sinful. Just your very nature is sinful. So no matter what you do, you wouldn't be able to get into heaven without Jesus having died on the cross. The idea behind that being that without grace, like you could never use works. Mm. That was always the thing. Like you can't do it on your own. Like good works will not undo your sinfulness. It has to be through like Jesus because you're born sinful. But then there's another line of thought that you're not born sinful, that you are born innocent that children, you know, unless you are able to actually make the decision to do something wrong, using that in quotes, um, you you can't possibly be sinful because you're not choosing it. So you're not inherently sinful. You develop sinful patterns later in life. So that started an argument between um, St. Augustine and a monk that lived like in the mountains somewhere, they started arguing. So Augustine believed that, this is like a history lesson, but I promise it's worth it. It's worth it. Augustine believed that you were born inherently sinful Mm -hmm. and the monk didn't believe that. So they wrote letters back and forth arguing their two sides. The reason the question was even brought up in that time and that argument was happening was because there was a high rate of child mortality, as there was for many thousands of years, probably throughout all of human existence, really. Um, There was a high rate, especially at that time, of child mortality. And people were asking, if my baby dies, like, where do they go? Are they going to hell? Is my little baby, my little three-month-old that caught a virus and passed, are they in hell? And there wasn't an answer. People were kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe not. So that started this argument between Augustine and this monk. And in the end, the Catholic Church said, they sided with Augustine and said, yes, we are inherently sinful. Therefore, technically, yes, your baby's in hell. So we got to baptize them as soon as possible because their belief was that as long as they were baptized, they would go to heaven. Mm. So that's why they started baptizing babies. I mean, as soon as you could get out of the house with that baby, you go get that thing baptized because you want to make sure your baby's in heaven. And you'll see that practice continue today. In Mm -hmm. Catholic tradition, your baby is baptized kind of as soon as possible um, to make sure that they get to heaven. Now, a funny thing has happened and I don't know how widespread this is, but this is definitely how I was taught and how the people around me believed. But evangelicals, at least, maybe further than that, have adopted a mixed belief 
we would say that, yes, you are inherently sinful and you need the grace of God for you to be able to get into heaven. You can't do it through works. It's only through Jesus. No matter how good you are, you were born sinful. There's no way around it. You are inherently sinful. But if I said, my three-month-old just died, is my baby in hell? You'd say, no, they were innocent. They're an innocent baby. They're in heaven. Mm -hmm. You can't have both, can you? You can't be inherently sinful and also innocent at birth. Mm -hmm. So which is it? So that started this moment for me of like, wait, it can't be both. <laughs> like I started just thinking about this nonstop. And I'm not joking when I said, I mean, maybe I'm not smart enough because it took me months and months of just, I thought about it all the time. I brought it up to everybody. I talked to my mom about it. Like people who are so conservative in my life and would be like, yeah, we're inherently sinful. I'm like, but then what about the babies? And they're like, no, the babies go to heaven. And I'm like, but then which is it? Which is it? And so I started down this path of just trying to figure it out. And I couldn't really find answers. It was kind of like, and I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know how to Google it properly. (laughs) Are we inherently sinful? Honestly, I'd be afraid to Google that with all the things that are out there. (laughs) My gosh, the stuff that like comes up. I got some like crazy, crazy websites and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be helpful or not. I've read books. I, you know, I just tried to like, just honestly, I just tried to think about it mm-hmm. a lot. And it's it takes you down all of these crazy paths because you're like, okay, we'll just decide on one, mm-hmm. which is kind of what our other friend was like, who cares which one it is? Just kind of like decide mm-hmm. that, you know, God is good and like, that's great. And I was like, but it actually has implications on your understanding of what grace is. Mm-hmm. Because if grace is there because you are sinful by nature so you have to have this atonement through Jesus the grace of God then that means it is this grace that like it puts it in a way of like this undeserved thing that was done on your behalf but if you are not inherently sinful then grace becomes this friend that comes alongside of you. And when you're doing things that are not helpful to you, Mm -hmm. then it helps you course correct. Mm -hmm. That's a very different view of grace. And that in turn is a very different view of God. So it makes a difference whether you're inherently sinful or not. Later on, I would come to decide that I don't really think that sinfulness is a very good measure Mm -hmm. or even a good phrase, (laughs) a very good word to help us understand our human nature. Mm -hmm. It has all of these connotations attached to it. And I've found, as I will probably say on every single episode of this podcast, that saying that something is useful or not useful helpful or not helpful Mm. is much more helpful for me than saying sinful or bad, good or otherwise. Um, It changes the whole dynamic. But 
I'm using the phrasing that was going through my mind at the time. Um, So I thought on this for a long time and I wrestled with it for a long time. Are we sinful? You know, are we inherently sinful or not? What does that mean for Jesus? What does that mean for grace? I went back and forth for a long time. And then one day I was like laying in my bed and it just hit me. And I like sat up in my bed and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I, I get it now. And it, it could be completely wrong. There's mm-hmm. like, I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of podcasts by experts. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are the experts. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I've, I've dedicated my time and the rest of my life to trying to find out who God is. And it takes these little pieces and dissecting them and learning about them to even get a glimmer, a glimpse of who God is and, you know, if he's out there, if they're out there. So I could be completely wrong, but this is where I came to. This is the point I came to. And it changed for me the course of everything else after this. Everything else that I've approached has changed because of this. I came to the conclusion that we are not inherently sinful because Jesus could not have been fully God and fully man as it is claimed in the Bible. And we can talk about that for days as to whether that's what was actually meant by any of that. But let's just use it at face value. He could not have been fully God and fully man and been without sin if he was truly a person, truly a human, and we were inherently sinful, he would never have been able to be called without sin. Mm -hmm. That's impossible. Because then he wouldn't have truly been fully man. Mm -hmm. He would have been truly fully God and then in human form. Mm -hmm. But if you want to say, well, he was fully man. He was fully us. Okay, then... He was inherently sinful. Well, no, he was without sin. Okay, well, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. He can't be a true, full human without sin, but also inherently sinful. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And if he was a true human, but got around the inherently sinful thing, then we couldn't say that he truly understood what we were going through because he wasn't truly, fully a human. Mm -hmm. That's part of the human experience, right? So I went, okay, we're not inherently sinful. There's no way. Because if God, if Jesus was meant to be fully man, he could not have been inherently sinful. So we're not inherently sinful. Mm-hmm. That changed the course of everything for me mm-hmm. from there. Because I went, hang on a second. We're not bad people. <laughs> like we're not scum that just can't get a hold of it, can't figure things out because we're just born this way. We're just horrible. We're actually humans having a human experience at any given time. (laughs) And it can be helpful and it can be not helpful. It just is. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And... The beauty of what Jesus can be in that situation is that he could be with you in it. Mm -hmm. 
and be a source of comfort through it. Mm-hmm. When you're making, when you've made a decision that you realize was really not useful to you or useful to a relationship or whatever, and you're like feeling the weight of that and feeling the frustration of the mistake you just made, instead of it being this weighty, hell-bound sin nature, it sort of just feels like being human yeah, and going, that wasn't very useful for this relationship. Mm-hmm. God, I need help in figuring out how to repair that. Yeah. That's it. It takes away all that weird... It does. ...junk. Yeah. Let's put it this way. It's more... It's not even, it's not right and wrong. It's more what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah. Because every culture with that, it's different, you know? Yeah. So it's like, so you start from the bottom. This is what's inappropriate. So you start, you start inappropriate and let's get you to become appropriate. Yeah. That's what it, that is what it actually feels like, to be Mm -hmm. honest. And um, that's where I struggled too, because I was like, I, I feel like I'm in part of something that wants to build me up, mm-hmm. which it's like I've, I'm part of this beautiful community, part of these people who build me up, you know, in such beautiful ways. Like I've got friends who encourage me. I've got people who back me with their actions and all these things. But the religion itself mm. tells me that it's not about me, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'm just am. I think you're saying not well because it's not appropriate to you. Yeah. You just want people to behave. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to is what we would call sin. And I've definitely talked about this before and probably in other episodes of this, to be honest, but I can't remember. Like, we'll say that children, you know, oh, there's proof of the sin nature right there because children are, you know, they lie, they mm-hmm. cheat. They steal. They do all this terrible stuff um, right from the start because they're, you know, they're untrained. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, but you're seeing the, you're seeing the the dregs mm-hmm. of human nature. The but selfishness. In, the selfishness, you know, all the stuff. But is that sinfulness or is that... It's just in development. It's just environment. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how we mix up the two and we decide that some things are so sinful and so inappropriate, but they're just they're appropriate for the age of development that you're in and where the brain is actually up to in its development. Like there's there are parts of the brain that have not matured enough to be able to have empathy yet. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're sinful little creatures. Mm-hmm. Because they're too young to understand what empathy even is. Mm -hmm. Just as their language center has to develop so that Mm -hmm. they can speak with you Mm -hmm. coherently, their other parts of their brain have to develop so that they can have empathy or feel what other people are feeling when you take that toy away. Mm -hmm. You know, like the that social awareness is just it's not there yet. And it's not because they're evil little things. It's Literally just a lack of, like, biological development, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But it's funny how we how we mix up the two and kind of turn that into 
oh, there's the proof of the sin nature. There's proof that we're just such bad people, but it it doesn't even make sense. Hmm. Well, on that note, we have to end with something fun because these were deep conversations. Oh, yes, we get deep. So we have to we have to end with something fun or funny. Mm. And I don't know what that is, <laughs> except to think of like I mean what have you watched on TikTok that's cracking you up? <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say let's talk about the human dating experience. <laughs> but that that's will be joke. fun. <laughs> that is legit joke. That's the joke. That's it. <laughs> I saw we can end on this. Oh. I saw a meme today that said (laughs) every day is April Fool's when you're dealing with men. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I have nothing to add to that because that's perfect. Um, Okay. Well, that's it. We have to say goodbye. It's always awkward. We don't know how to do it. I need a sign off, but I still don't have a podcast name for this, which is going to be. Flip. This is Dan. Catch you on the flippity flip. If I sign off that way, I will lose all respect for all time, forever. But one day I'm going to have a catchphrase. Because one day I'm going to have a name for this, which is funny because when everybody hears this, there will already be a name for it. Um, So this is going to sound really dumb. But on that note, don't do drugs and deal with the devil. Bye! (laughs)